You're listening to podcast excerpts from the Missing Clarissa audiobook by Ripley Jones, read by Inez Del Castillo, with Atlanta Amado Forsyth, Raymond J. Lee, Kimberly M. Weatherell, and Alan Winter. Episode 5 The Regrets. Jenny Alexander was Clarissa's best friend. Like Clarissa, she was a pretty, popular cheerleader whose wholesome smile was hiding all kinds of secrets. The fact that she was in love with her best friend, for one thing, that she knew Clarissa was keeping secrets of her own, and that she knew a lot more about what happened the night Clarissa disappeared than she told the police, or anyone back then. She's still haunted by what happened that night. And after talking to Jenny, Blair and I started to feel haunted too. She was her own self, even that young. I can't think of another way to describe it. So terrible and so beautiful and so real. I'm sure she knew I was in love with her before I did. She knew everything, it felt like sometimes. She could be a monster, but she was also only a girl. When you're a teenager, everyone around you feels more than real. Everything matters so much. Adults tell you this time in your life won't be so important one day, but they're full of shit. I still listen to the same music I did then. One song on the radio and everything comes back. What it felt like. Two of us driving down the freeway, windows open. The whole universe in front of us full of gold and light. I'll never not be the person I was with her. The person she made me. I've changed. I'll keep changing. But the hole in the heart of me will always be the size and shape of her. You get older. You learn about disappointment. You learn about letting go, but you never do. Some part of you is always back in that limitless night, that open road, that moment where anything is possible with the girl who knows you better than anyone else in the world, the girl you love better than anyone else in the world, the girl who'll be in your life for the rest of it, for always. Except she left. And I'm still living here, without her. I used to buy things for her after she disappeared. Books I thought she'd like. A silver bracelet shaped like a bird. When I got into woodworking, I made her shelves, a wine rack, a jewelry holder. My first girlfriend, I told her about Clarissa on our first date. (laughs) That was a mistake. Four months later, her screaming, how am I supposed to live up to a dead girl on her way out? My second girlfriend, I told about Clarissa a few months in. It didn't go any better. (laughs) I kept that up for a while. When I met Ellie... I knew if I messed up, I'd never have another chance like her again. Ellie was the first person I met since Clarissa disappeared who made me feel like one day I could be someone other than the shadow I was. 
a person whose first love was gone, but a person who was no longer so haunted by it. I waited a year to tell Ellie about Clarissa. When I did, she said, Jenny, we all have our own awful ghosts. And I understood for the first time in my life that I wasn't the only person with something following them. I wasn't the only woman in the world who'd blown her own future over and over again because she couldn't find her way through the past. That's when I went to rehab, the final time for real. And now when I think about Clarissa, it's sunlight and water, open skies, it's laughing together over some dumb secret joke. It's convincing older guys to buy us beer at Safeway and running away before we had to drink it with them. It's that open road without so many ghosts. The thing is, white women's pain isn't special. It's real, but it doesn't need to be the center of every story. It's not Ellie's job to make me think about that, but I think about it a lot more since I met Ellie. That's not something I'm proud of. It's something that's true. That's what almost broke us up, not Clarissa. Me having my head up my own ass. Letting my grief be an excuse for not learning how to live. Ellie's no picnic either. The best people never are, but we found our way. I think we'll be finding our way together for a long time. That's all you can ask from another person. That's more than I had with Clarissa. Probably more than I would have had with Clarissa if she were still here. I understand that now but the impossible still hurts. Love isn't enough to live a long time with another person. You have to be willing to grow together, to build something together. A garden, a house, a future. An ordinary, beautiful life. What happened to Clarissa happens every day. It happens a lot more often to women and girls who don't look like her. You know over 5,000 Native women and girls have been reported missing since 2016. I want to live in a world where that doesn't happen. I want to live in a world where everybody is safe. What can I do to help bring that world into being? That's what I think about now. I had this therapist back in rehab, early rehab, one of the ones that didn't take, who told me to focus on a growth-oriented mindset. I didn't want to hear it, believe me. It still makes me laugh. I'm a person, not a stock market. But now I understand better what she meant, even if that's not how I would have said it. I can see something bigger than what Clarissa's disappearance did to me. I can see something more important than my own pain. I can see the whole picture. Clarissa was incandescent, and now she's gone. I don't think I'll get over her. But in this time, in this life, I've learned how to live with what she'll never be. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow for next week's episode. And don't forget to listen to the full audiobook of Missing Clarissa on sale March 7th. See you next week.